chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. I read from verse 53 to 56. We all welcome to this edition of the Barry Healing Crusade. Amen. Jesus the healer will meet with everyone present here in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus the healer will meet with everyone watching us online in Jesus' name. Amen. Mark chapter 6, I'm going to read verses 53 to 56. And when they had passed over, they came into the land of Genesaret and drew to the shore. And when they were come out of the ship, straightway they knew him. And ran through that whole region, round about, and began to carry about in beds those that were sick. Where they had it was, verse 56. And whithersoever he entered into villages or cities or country, they laid the sick in the streets and besought him that they might touch, if it were but the border of his garment. And as many as touched him were made whole. Praise the Lord. The topic of our very brief discussion this evening is what I call touch and be healed. Touch and be healed. In the passage that we have just read, the Bible says Jesus Christ came to a place called Genesaret. And not only did he come, he came in a ship. In other words, he did not delay. Whatever could have been a cause of delay at that point in time, Jesus made sure that that was not an issue. There was an urgent need for his presence and his power. In like manner, in our midst today, in the city of Barry today, wherever this program is being followed, there is an urgent need for his presence and his power. And as Jesus did not delay in coming to Genesaret, he has not delayed in coming here. Wherever you are listening to this program today, he's there with you. And he will attend to your situation in Jesus' name. There was a need for his attention. And if you look at that uh, Bible passage a little bit uh, before we got to where we read, in Mark chapter 6, from verse 46 to 48, you see that not only did Jesus notice an urgency and he wanted to come, but on his way, the sea tried to stop him as a barrier. When he finished praying, there was no other means of transportation. He began to walk on the sea. The sea wanted to be a hindrance to what he was going to do. But he said, no, nothing can stop me. And I have a word for someone here today. Nothing can stop the purpose of God for your life. Nothing can stop what God will do in your life today. The sea could not stop him. The wind was contrary to the disciples on the sea. But the wind, the Bible, were, I mean, we are told that the moment Jesus entered into the ship, what happened? The wind ceased. Hallelujah. The wind ceased. Whatever wants to be a hindrance on the path to God's blessing for, for your life today, it's uprooted in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Because God's plan and purpose for today must be achieved in your life in Jesus' name. So he came to Genesaret. That was number one. Number two, he came out of the sheep with the disciples. Jesus was not hidden. He was not hiding from the people. He came out for all that needed to see him, for all that wanted to see him. He came out of the sheep with the disciples. Just as he's here today. Amen. He has come into our midst. You need not go further saying, I am looking for Jesus. Because he's visiting today. Amen. But not only is he visiting today, this is his house. Amen. This is where he dwells. Amen. And he will meet with you in Jesus' name. Amen. I say he will meet with you in Jesus' name. Amen. In the book of John chapter 6 verse 37. He said, all that the Father giveth me shall come to me. Him that cometh to me, I will do what? I will in no wise cast out. That's very important. He came. The people saw him. And there's a critical point in that passage on which we are going to dwell for a while. And that is Father. The Bible says, when they saw him, they knew him. They did what? They knew him. They knew him. The question is, they knew him as who? Or rather, they knew him as what? Whichever one want to, want, want to take in. In that Mark chapter 6, verse 54, the Bible says, when they were come out of the ship, straight away, they knew him. And that was very important. Knowing him was important to the next steps or actions that the people took. So number one, they knew him as the healer. They knew him as what? And he's here today as the healer. In the book of Luke chapter 6, from verse 17 to 19, the Bible says, just like he came to Genesaret, he came, he stood in the plain with his disciples and a great multitude of people came to him. They came to hear him they came to be healed of him. In verse 18, the Bible says, They that were vexed with unclean spirits were among those that came. And what happened to them? They were healed. They were healed. If there's any unclean spirit today that has followed anyone in here, if there's any unclean spirit tormenting anyone listening to this message, you are healed in Jesus' name. Amen. That unclean spirit is sent back right now in the name of Jesus. They were healed. And when you could go to that verse 19, the Bible says, the whole multitude sought to touch him. For there went virtue out of him and healed how many? Oh. There went virtue out of him and healed them all. The virtue that went out of Christ on that day has not stopped going out of him. Yeah. That virtue is still available. That's why he came to the world. Whatever he started while he was here on earth, whatever he was doing while he was on earth, brethren, he is still doing. Amen. He is doing in us. Amen. He is doing in me. Amen. That's why we have this program today. Hallelujah. Because we are all extensions of Jesus Christ. Yes. The Bible says, Christ in you. What? The hope of 
It is the Christ in you that makes the difference. It is the Christ in me that makes the difference. He healed them all because he is the Jehovah Rapha. Hallelujah. In Exodus chapter 15, verse 26, the last part of that passage, he says, For I am the Lord that healeth thee. The healing in that passage is a continuous one. He's not the Lord that, that has healed you in the past. No. He's the Lord that constantly heals you and ensures that you are not sick. I was just listening to the message of General Basia today, the minister's conference that is currently going on. And he made a statement. He said, you don't need to be sick. Tell somebody you don't need to be sick. Even though if Christ tarries, death is inevitable. But do you know you don't need to be sick to die? Do we know that? You don't need to be sick to die. When it's time to go, after you have said, I mean, you've had a good fellowship with your, with your wife, with your children. You just tell them, well, I'll see you on the other side. I'll see you in heaven. And that's it. You close your eyes and you are gone. That is the way to go. Or let me say that is the best way to go. You don't need to be sick. The fact that you are old does not mean you should be sick. The fact that you are 90 years old does not mean what? Does not mean you should be sick. Take your stand in God. Stand upon that promise of God. He is still the Lord that healeth. He is still healing. The Bible says Moses was 120 years old. His strength was not abated. His eyes did not fail. At 120 years old, he didn't use glasses. He could see, see excellently and clearly. That power, the Holy Spirit power, that keeps will keep you in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord that healeth will avail for you in Jesus' name. Amen. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, he said, I am, he said, he said his name is the I am that I am. I am that I am. And that, that name is very instructive. That means whatever it is you desire from him today is available for it. Like somebody highlighted uh, on, on our prayer line, uh, I like, no, maybe today or yesterday, he said, when you have no money, you are financially sick. Is that not so? When you have no job, how do you say that in English? Em employmentally sick. Amen. When you are homeless, you are homelessly sick. Whatever be the area that you are contending with one form of sickness or the other, Jesus is here. Receive that healing in Jesus' name. Receive that touch in Jesus' name. Amen. They knew him, number one, as the healer. Number two, as the one that has the word of eternal life. Jesus is the one that does what? That has the word of eternal life. In John chapter 6, John chapter 6, from verse 66 to verse 69, the Bible says many of the disciples of Jesus Christ left him. And then he turned to the ones that were left. He said, will you also go? Will you also leave? And Peter answered and said, where are we going? To whom shall we go? You are the Lord. 
you have the, you are the one that has the word of eternal life. But then in verse 69, he made a statement. He said, we believe and are sure that thou art Christ, the son of the living God. And that's very important. He, not only is he Jesus, he is Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is Jesus, the anointed one. That's why the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 10 verse 38. The anointing of Jesus is very important. Acts 10 38. Says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. So knowing that he was the one that had the word of eternal life, that he was a Christ, he was the anointed one, brethren, he is still the Christ. He still has the word of eternal life. That's why he said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. That's a statement that cannot be contradicted. That's why the Bible says he went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And God is still with him. Amen. And God is with me. Amen. And that God is telling someone today, receive your healing in Jesus' name. Amen. I said, receive your healing in Jesus' name. Amen. They knew him, number three, as the one that has authority and speaks with authority. First of all, they knew him as the healer. Secondly, they knew him as the one that has the word of eternal life, the Christ. Number three, they knew him as the one that has authority and speaks with authority. Isn't that wonderful? In Mark chapter 1, verse 21 to 22, Mark 1, 21 to 22, they went into, I mean, into, he went into the temple when he got to Capernaum or into the synagogue. And he began to teach them. And the Bible says in verse 22, they were astonished at his doctrine. For he taught them as one that had authority as not, and not as the scribes. That word of authority from the Lord Jesus Christ is here today. Hallelujah. That word of authority from him is here to heal. Amen. That word is here to deliver. Amen. That word is here to set free. Amen. You know, like our general Vassar will say, you're going to a buffet. That's what it's called, right? Buffet. Buffet. Aha. Uh -huh. Buffet. Okay. You're going to a buffet. And you have all manner of things available to be eaten. And why you can go there and waste your money and just take a piece of uh, uh, vegetable and go? Some other food that know the value of money will go in there and say, if I'm paying $20 for this, I will make sure that before I leave, I eat something that is at least worth $25. Amen? So you can pick what you want. You are in the presence of that Jesus, the anointed one. You are in the presence of Jesus, the King of kings. You are in the presence of Jesus, the Lord of lords. You are in the presence of Jesus, the healer. You are in the presence of Jesus that has authority, that speaks with authority. And he is speaking into your situation right now. Amen. And he is saying, receive your healing in Jesus' name. Amen. He said, receive your healing in Jesus' name. Amen. I say, he said, receive your healing in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus is the one 
Number four, that dispels all fears. Because in every situation, what does it say? Fear not. Fear not. You've been to the doctors. Oh, they said they see a growth. And they begin to terrorize you with their, with their, with their words. Because the moment you hear a growth, what comes up? What, what comes up? Is it malignant? Is it, uh, what, what, are, what are the other terminologies? Benign. Is it this? Is it that? And you receive that which is not yours. I speak to the life of every member of this church. Cancer is not your portion. I stand upon the covenant I have with the living God. No member of this church will die of cancer. In the name of Jesus. The fact that you have all, I have said it, is no excuse for anybody in this church to die of cancer. Now, if you decide to leave, that's your choice. But God has a covenant with us. And he keeps it. And so long as you are a partaker of that covenant, you are covered. And the living God is your protection in Jesus' name. The one that dispels all fears. The one that says, fear not. Fear not. What is your fear? Coronavirus? What is the Lord saying to you today? Fear not. COVID-19, COVID-20, COVID-21. What's the word of the Lord? Fear not. Is it ulcer? Is it uh, 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 bone cancer? Or is it cancer of the marrow? Whatever it is called. What is the word of the Lord? Fear not. Oh, there's a growth in the brain. And uh, it is, uh, oh, it is this, it's, uh, the word of the Lord is what? Fear not. Brethren, growths can shrink. Oh, yeah. Is that not so? Hallelujah. What is the word of the work of radiation? Radiation, the work of radiation is to make growths to shrink. They want to kill those cancerous cells. But there is a fire that is more, uh-huh. that, that is more potent Hallelujah. than any fire of radiation. And that fire is the consuming fire. It is the fire of the living God. The Bible says our God is a consuming fire. When that fire comes upon you, from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet, that fire consumes everything. Everything that is contrary to the word of God. I speak to the life of somebody listening to me. I say receive a touch of that fire in the name of Jesus. Receive a touch of that fire in the name of Jesus. Receive a touch of that fire in the name of Jesus. His word to you is fear not. Fear not. That is his word. Number, number five. They knew him as the one the wind and the sea obeyed. The, the wind and the sea obeyed him. To the extent they began to say, what manner of man is this? When God is true with what he's doing in somebody's life here today, the word will be, what manner of man is this? They are talking about our Jesus. They are talking about Jesus, saying, is it possible? Can he still do it? Brethren, has Jesus changed? Somebody is not sure. Has Jesus changed? Is he still healing? Is he still stealing? Is he still telling the wind to stop? Is he still telling the seas be still? He has not changed. He has not changed. 
I was listening to a man of God and he made a statement. He said, all that Jesus did was to come and demonstrate to us what God does in the human form. And when he left, he transferred that ability to us. Who are the us? Who are the us? You and I. He transferred the ability to us. And so if he is operating in you, you can begin to do those things that he did. The one that the wind and the sea obey. To the extent that men begin to say, what manner of man is this? Mark chapter 4, 37 to, uh, to 41. We are not going to read it. Number, number 6. Is that F? Yes. The one that comes, the stormy seas. The one that does what? Do you know that there are some times in your life that it looks as if everything in the world is against you? I know that some of us have gone through such situation. It looks as if wherever you turn, there's an obstacle waiting for you. It looks as if there is no way forward. In fact, not only is there no way forward, there's no way what? There's even no way backward. But there is a God who came to us in, the, in, in Jesus Christ. Who comes all stormy seas. In Mark chapter 6, verse 48 to 50. Mark 6, 48 to 50. Um, yeah, 48 to 50. The moment he spoke to them, he said, be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. The storm, the sea was calmed. Number seven, they knew him. They knew him as the one who came to destroy the works of the devil. I thought somebody would shout hallelujah. hallelujah. They knew him as the one that came to destroy the works of the devil. I'm sure if I were to give a piece of paper to everyone present here today, write the works of the devil that you know. Maybe the ones you have experienced. We have a, I mean, a, a long list. But do you know that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil? First John chapter 3, verse 8. First John chapter 3, verse 8. The Bible says, He that committed sin is of the devil. For the devil sinned from the beginning. Now look at the declaration of Jesus Christ. He said, For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. In Galatians chapter 3, the pastor will know very well, verses 13 and 14. He says, Christ had redeemed us from the cross of the law, being made a cause for us, for it is written, cause is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. What are the, the, the works of the devil? From this passage. Number one, sin. Number two, sickness. Do you know, brethren, that sin and sickness are interrelated? Amen? Sin and sickness are what? They are interrelated. Without sin, there will never have been sickness in the world. True or false? The entrance of sin into the position of mankind was the failure of brother Adam and sister Eve. 
Their sin brought, I mean, brought sickness into the world. But Christ came that he might destroy the works of the devil. Sin, sickness, poverty, and curses. If you are here today, you are operating under a curse. The Lord will set you free in Jesus' name. Amen. Maybe I should put it another way. And I say, receive your freedom in Jesus' name. Amen. Receive your freedom in Jesus' name. Amen. Sin is one of those things. The Bible says that sin may not have dominion over us again. Again. So they knew him as the one that came to destroy the works of the devil. The next point. They knew him as the one whom the law and the prophets did write. Very interesting. They knew him as what? The, law and the, the one of whom the law and the prophets did write. In other words, the summary of the Old Testament is in who? It's in Jesus. That's the, that's the meaning of that statement. They knew him as the one whom the law and the prophets did write. In John chapter 1 verse 45, John 1 45, the Bible says, Philip findeth Nathanael and said unto him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. They knew him. He is the one the Lord wrote, I mean, the law and the prophets did write. I mentioned Exodus 15 26 before. That was Moses speaking. Conveying the word of the Lord. Or rather receiving the word of the Lord for the children of Israel. Moses received that word for the Lord. And in it, the Lord said, I am the Lord that he let thee. Moses wrote that. Remember what John 1.45 says? He said, we have seen him, Jesus of Nazareth, of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write. Moses wrote, in Exodus 15, 26, that this God said, I am the Lord that he let thee. Moses wrote about him in Numbers 21. Numbers 21, verse 8 to 9. Numbers 21, verse 8 to 9. When the Lord told Moses to make a fairy, I mean a serpent, and set it upon a pole, and everyone that is beaten by the snake that looks upon this serpent shall, shall be healed shall be healed. That was the law. Of course, we all know the law came through who? Moses. One of the prophets. Isaiah wrote about him. In Isaiah 53, verses 4 to 5, we were discussing this passage yesterday at the, at the communion service. Isaiah 53, verses 4 to 5. Isaiah wrote about Jesus. He said, surely he had borne our griefs. And we said, griefs there stands for what? Sicknesses. And carried our sorrows. And we said sorrows just stands for what? Pains. Yet we did esteem him stricken. Smitten of God and afflicted. Because of our sin. Because of our sicknesses. He was smitten and afflicted of God. But he was wounded for our transgressions. And we said the word wounded there stands for what? Pierce. When the Bible says his side was pierced and water and blood gushed out. He was bruised for our iniquities. 
And we said the word that was translated bruised there stands for what? Crushed. He was crushed. And the chastisement, chastisement of our peace was upon him. In other words, whatever takes away your peace, Christ has addressed it. Amen. Anything that can steal peace away from you, he has addressed. And then the Bible says, with his stripes, we are healed. With his... So Isaiah wrote about him. Moses wrote about him. And in Matthew chapter 17, verse 3, Matthew chapter 17, verse 3, we see both Moses and Elijah talking with him on the Mount of Transfiguration. Jesus is the fulfillment of the law and word and the prophet. They knew him. They knew him. They knew him as the Lamb of God. They knew him as what? The Lamb of God. Who came to take away our sins? Who came to take away the sins of the world? Who died for you and I? John chapter 1 verse 29. John saw him coming unto him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. He came for a purpose. Finally, they knew him as who? They knew him as the name above all names. The name above all names. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Verse 9. So wherefore God had highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. At the name of Jesus. Brethren, no other name has that honor under the heaven. Only the name of Jesus. The name above all names. The name above all sicknesses. The name above all afflictions. The name above all situations. The name that changes circumstances. The name that has confounded men. One of our sisters will be sharing her testimony with us one of these days. One of the things that God began to do from what he, what, I mean, what happened on Sunday. I'm not going to share with us. He, she will tell you herself, but it is wonderful. Amen. I say it is wonderful. Amen. God is proving himself to us here. What we are saying is what we have seen is what God is doing. Hallelujah. And whatever situation you have brought before him today, he will perfect in Jesus' name. Amen. The name above all names. The name above failure. Hallelujah. The name above deportation. Hallelujah. The name above whatever is called being stranded. Amen. The name above poverty. Amen. The name above lack. Hallelujah. The name above stagnation. Hallelujah. The name above every deprivation. Hallelujah. The name above affliction. The name above every contrary spirit. There is a spirit called the spirit of infirmity. Jesus is the name above all infirmities. 
every spirit of uncleanness. He's the name above it. I decree to the life of someone here today, success is yours. Victory is yours. Promotion is yours. Lifting up is yours. I said you will testify. In the name of Jesus. When those glorious testimonies are coming in, yours will not be lacking. In the name of Jesus. As we begin to round up, I have a question for you. Do you know him? They knew him. And it was because they knew him that they began, they sent around and said, we, we've seen Jesus. We have seen him, we know him, he's the one. Bring all the sick in the neighborhood. Bring all the sick in the villages. Bring them to come and meet him. Because he's here to heal. And he's here today. All you need to do is touch him. Do what? Touch him. How do you touch him? How do you touch Jesus this evening? Or this morning as the case may be, depending on where you are listening to this message. How do you touch him? You need to realize that if he died for you, he died for you because he loved, he loved you. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, what happened? Christ died for us. If he loved you and died for you, you need to love him back. Tell somebody, love him back. So, you want to touch him? The first point is, touch him with love. Touch him with what? Touch him with love. Just come to him and say, Lord, I just love you. Do you know, very few people tell Jesus they love him. Do you know that? And that's why, once in a while, I love it in the church. When I just say, just tell him you love him. Tell him you love him. Maybe somebody wants to say that now. Just tell him that you love him. Because many come to him with their requests. Many come to him with their cries. Many come to him with their complaints. Many come to him with their challenges. And say, they say you are king of kings. And Why is this happening? What are you doing? And you know, in his love, he answers him some of those people. Today, come to him and touch him with love. As you begin to declare your love to him, his presence will be manifested. Amen. You will see him. Amen. You will experience him. Amen. Touch him with love. Just release your heart to him. That's number one. Number two, touch him on purpose. Touch him on what? On purpose. That's very important. Touch him. Because you want him to do something for you. Amen. Remember the story of that lady? She had an issue of blood 12 years. She came to the Lord Jesus Christ. And she said, if I can but touch the M of his garment, Mark 5, 25 to 34. If I can touch the M of his garment, I will be made whole. And brethren, when she touched Jesus, she was made whole. And Jesus knew it. And he began to ask, who touched me? And the disciples said, ah, how can you be saying who touched you? People are everywhere. People are thronging you, pushing you, and you're asking which, who touched me? Is everything all right? Say, so, oh, I know what I'm saying. Somebody touched me with purpose. Will you touch him with purpose today? Will you touch him for a flow from him unto you today? 
When it's time for us to pray, will you lift up your hands and say, Father, I want to touch you, touch me. Yes, and he will touch you. Yes. That woman touched him with purpose. She had a desire. She had a desire. And Jesus met her. She was not disappointed. She didn't go home empty. Blind Bartimaeus shouted to get the attention of Jesus as he went out of Jericho in Mark chapter 10, verse 46 to 52. They dissuaded him. They tried to encourage him to keep quiet, but he said, no, you don't have the problem that I have. You people are comfortable just following him and saying, let's see what the next miracle he will do. But I want to experience his presence. And he shouted, Jesus, thou son of David, do what? Have mercy upon me. That is a touch with purpose. A touch with purpose is that man, that woman, that brother, that sister that will say, Jesus, thou son of David, do what? If you don't help me, no one can help me. But if you help me, the whole world will celebrate with me. And I see someone here today. The world will celebrate with you. Amen. I said the world will celebrate with you. Amen. So touch him with love. Touch him on purpose. And number three, touch him with faith. Touch him with what? Faith. Love, purpose, and faith. Touch him with faith. Your faith should not be dependent. You know, I've been saying this for a while now. Your faith should not be dependent on my testimony. Because I have a testimony. I have a wonderful testimony. I don't know who else here has a testimony. We will give testimonies to encourage each other. But if your testimony, if your faith is based on my testimony, very soon that faith may fail. But your faith should be based on what? The word of God. The word of God. That is it is the word of God that does not fail. It is the word of God that cannot fail. The Bible says, faith cometh by what? And hearing by? It is the hearing of the word of God that builds faith that cannot fail. Touch him with faith. Touch him with expectation. Do you have an expectation today? You've come to his presence. You are watching us online. Do you have an expectation that God will do something in my life? That God will do something in my situation? You just need to adjust that concept. You just need to focus your attention on him. The Bible says, looking unto who? Jesus. There is no alternative. There is no substitute. The Bible doesn't say looking unto pastor. It doesn't say looking unto evangelist. It doesn't say looking unto prophet. Looking unto who? Jesus. The author and the finisher of our faith. Are you ready to touch him today? Yes, sir. His word says he has done it all. On the cross of Calvary, what did he say? He said it is finished. The work is completed. What have we brought before him today? Why do you want him to touch you? Why do you want him to touch you?